and welcome to the 115 Fouls FPL podcast. The podcast with all the fallout from Fantasy Premier League each week with stats, facts and laughs. First, it's time to bring in my good friend Johnny. Johnny, how are you doing? I'm very well, Steve. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Um, we, we're recording this uh, straight after the Liverpool game. It just finished five minutes ago. A uh, bit of a bonkers result, eh? <laughs> I loved it. I mean, FPL aside, you just got to appreciate um, a record like that tumbling down. And, and Burnley just seemed to just keep on doing it. I mean, Ashley Barnes, fair play, mate. Tucking it away. Loved it. My own opinion on that penalty is it was um, very soft. <laughs> but you've got to kind of love it. Um, it was it was pure kind of uh, Ashley Barnes at his best. Just uh, leaving a little leg out to make sure that uh, Allison caught him as he went through. So, yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, absolutely. A cracking result. And I think three points that they desperately uh, will want. And uh, <laughs> three points and a point loss for... Uh, Liverpool, which I think I'm sure a lot of other fans will appreciate. Yeah, and, and I mean, obviously the big uh, the big thing in that game is the fact that it's uh, it's been 68 games since Liverpool have uh, have lost at home, um, and it was beaten by maybe we would call the worst footballing te- like technical footballing side in the league. Is that would you agree with that? I mean, I, I would. Probably agree with that, yeah. Um, doesn't make them the worst side, just makes them probably the te- technically the worst side. And but actually, they did it with a bit of flair. I mean, I don't know if you spotted it, but Dwight McNeil's uh, skill to get past Trent was excellent. Who just left him for dead. But yeah, I mean, a, a good a good game to watch. I mean, we've had some some crackers recently with not a lot of goals in. I think that might be the worst game I've ever seen Trent have in his like his entire time at Liverpool. It was yeah. awful. Absolutely yeah, awful. he was. Which doesn't fill me with confidence, being sort of the fact that he's in my team again. Um, but <laughs> hopefully, he uh, he comes back stronger next week and and gets me some more points. Yeah, uh, he he it wouldn't fill me with confidence having him in there. Uh, his his crossing was pretty terrible, and uh, a few very stray passes, which just isn't like him really. Um, he, he revealed a couple of weeks ago that he he'd had um, COVID quite badly at the beginning of the season. I do wonder whether there's a bit of uh, lingering issues there with him that have just not quite yeah. been settled but hey ho it's uh uh it makes the league a bit more interesting again i think a lot of people thought liverpool were going to walk away with it this season and uh and it's it's proving to become it's becoming quite a an interesting title race including your oh. side man united who are currently sit top we do, we do. I mean, I think it's a bit too early to talk about all that sort of stuff, isn't it? You know, I mean, you sit top of our private league, Steve, and I'm uh, I'm not anticipating you to win it again. I'm thinking this might be my year, so we'll see, right? Well, it brings us on to the game week so far because you've you've had a you've had an okay week, haven't you, John? I've had a pretty uh, pretty solid week. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, at the moment I'm. Um, Sat on 110 points. Well, I say at the moment, that's it. I'm done now. I have no Newcastle, Aston Villa. So 110 is pretty solid. And I think given there's no bench boosting in there and I haven't used my triple captain, um, it, it's gone okay. And I've also picked a terrible captain in Salah. So I probably could have picked basically anyone else and it did a better job for me. <laughs> so um, it's gone okay. But I mean, star man for me this week has to be you know, John Stones, um, absolute legend, <laughs> getting two goals and two clean sheets. I mean, what more can you say? 
uh, yeah, quite impressive from from John. He, uh, I mean, just to kind of throw some stats in there, had uh, scored one goal in his previous 173 appearances um, in the league and uh, outperformed his XG in one game uh, more so than in the last two years put together, <laughs> it's quite impressive. But well, that's... look, he did score in he did score in the cup though. Let's be fair. So he did get a he did get off the mark there. Maybe that was an indicator. I don't know. But I wasn't I didn't put him in to get two goals. Put it that way. But he uh, he did do me a service. I mean, you know, it's just it's just one of those weeks, wasn't it? Where like <laughs> some crazy things happened, and a John Stones brace is definitely part of that. Don't don't you have uh, John Stones, Steve? I do not know. Oh, uh, oh no, sorry. You have Johnston. That's that's right. Johnston. Yes, yeah, it's not. Yes, that's not the same, not the is same. it? It's not the same person. No, they're, they're they're two very very different people who scored two drastically different sets of points. Uh, yes, they did. Luckily for me, I did have Ruben Diaz though to soften the blow a little bit. So um, he obviously provided the assist for the second Johnstone's goal, um, which also increased his bonus points ever so slightly. Uh, in that game, which made it a little bit more bearable. Um, yeah. But yeah, fair play if you had John Stones in. It's one of those like great, um, great things about fantasy football sometimes, where if a player does something stupid, and the ownership of John Stones is is relatively high, because he's a cheap Man City defender, and Man City's defense has been great this season or in recent weeks at least, anyway. And yeah, on the basis of that, if you've got him in, it's it's a fair thing to be doing it's not um it's not a, a bad punt if you get what i mean and you've been rewarded in a way that you probably weren't expecting but it's yeah, very absolutely. nice absolutely i think again we've talked about the fact that when man city play uh, pep often makes decisions that make you go oh come on why have you not started him again i know uh, another friend of ours has, has had Mares for a few weeks now and it's just been tearing his hair out you know not seeing that guy play um just hasn't managed to get it right but you know, like John Stones and, and, and Diaz are looking like pretty nailed on to start. And, and beyond them two, it's it's usually only Edison, De Bruyne and probably Sterling after that that are guaranteed a, a start. Um, the rotation does come with them. Uh, uh, but De Bruyne did go off injured. I mean, you know, there's, it's hard to pick those players. So I can completely see why people did go for Stones. And I, I was one of those people because he was nailing down his place. But hey, uh, less, less of me bragging about that. How was, uh, how was your week this week, Steve? What, where, how many points do you get? Uh, yeah, it, it's been okay, I think is the word. I, I've got 90 points at the moment. I'm, I think I'm going to struggle to break the 100 mark now. I need uh, Ollie Watkins to do something quite special in the last game for that to happen. But it's um, just about the average uh, that people, are, uh, you know, the, the, the top 10K in particular are on. Um, I said at the start of the week, because I didn't have De Bruyne in my team, if I could stay inside the top 10K come the end of the week, I'd be happy. Um, I've dropped about 2,000 places to about 6k, uh, which is not too bad. So it's a bit, sort of feels like damage limitation this week. And thinking about it long term, that I've still got my triple captaincy, still got my bench boost, still got my wild card. Um, and I also managed to go through in the cup. I mean, it's it's absolutely done now for me, which is great. You've had a bit of a closer uh, closer time with that, haven't you? Yeah, look, I'm up against a guy called um, Rafs Eleven. Um, is his Hello, Rafs Eleven, if you're listening. 
Raf's eleven. You're you're out there. You're you're a great rival this week, um, and uh, and Raf's team is good. He played his bench boost, and um, he sat on 110 points, exactly the same as me. So I've had to do my diligence on and to see how likely I am to win this week. And uh, he's got one more player to play in in um, in Matt Target, um, who did come off injured uh, in the last game. So there's a chance that he doesn't. Um, he doesn't feature, um, but essentially, if he does feature and he gets uh, four points or more, uh, then uh, then I don't don't progress. And if he doesn't and he gets three points or less, then um, you know what? I'm out to a, to to a good to a good player and, a, and a, who's had a good week. And I think that actually um, it was interesting because it's the first time I've done this, but it was an opportunity to look up what would happen if we drew. Um, and uh, it, it turns out it goes down to the team that's had the most uh, goals scored uh, and then goes down to goals conceded. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that, really, um, because, yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of clean sheets. We've got quite a few similar players, but I think uh, it will be a really, really tight one. It's a magical cup, isn't it, Johnny? Yeah, look, I mean, I love a good cup run, right? Um, Steve, a few years ago, famously said, you know, always back Wigan, never to have a good cup run. Um, and then they, that year they went on to win it against Man City. So One of my um, many, many failed predictions of the past. <laughs> maybe the most famous. But definitely the most famous. And, uh, you know, on, on, on predictions at the moment on our scores, Steve, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm nicking you. We'll come back to that later, but I'm, uh, I'm marginally ahead. So, But I do love a good cup run. It's, um, like I said, like I said before, being terrible in your private league always makes you quite excited to go ahead and and uh, and look forward to the cup. So, look, Raf, uh, I really hope I beat you. Um, but if I don't, fair, fair play, mate. You've got a cracking team. We should probably talk about um, Kevin De Bruyne, really, shouldn't we? Because it, it seems we, reasonable. We we both went into this week without him, both very fearful of him, and a lot of people were triple captained. A lot of people captained. Um, he outscored Salah, which is like you know not great for us because we both captained Salah. But um, mm-hmm. he went off injured in in the fifty ninth minute, which uh, if you're not familiar with fantasy Premier League, means that you get one point rather than two or three if you have a clean sheet in your team. Um, and it's it meant a lot of sort of damage to a fair few teams. But I guess the bigger thing is now, there's a question about if you have him in your team going forward, um, who the replacement for him should be. Um, if you were in that scenario as a hypothetical, who would you be putting in now as your De Bruyne replacement? It's it's a good one, isn't it? Uh, I think it really depends on um, who you've already got in your team, right? Because if you're not a Fernandez or Salah or Son owner, he's a big price midfielder. You can swap in someone quite big priced quite quickly into that. Um, uh, but I do think there's some great uh, options in that City midfield if you're not going to pick De Bruyne. And I suppose uh, Gundogan's form cannot be ignored. Um, you know, that's... I think that's four goals in his last six outings, which is pretty good going for a midfielder who's five point five. And it does look um, it does look the case that it's a toss up between him and Sterling to take penalties when um, when De Bruyne is not on the pitch. I think as well. So uh, even when sometimes when De Bruyne is on the pitch, so I'm, I'm looking at Gundogan thinking generally he's maybe a good shout. So if you are losing De Bruyne and thinking uh, downgrading on a, on a price perspective, I think he looks like a really really 
good option. But I think there are lots of like good differentials to, to think about, actually, and some of them probably outside of uh, that city midfield because you can't just keep losing people that create goals and expecting them, those midfielders, to turn, to turn goals, right? I mean, that's just sensible thought, I think. Yeah, uh, the, the one sort of caveat to that, um, I did a bit of research into City without De Bruyne um, earlier on today just to kind of get a grasp of what they're like as a side. And um, so this season, they have had two games without him starting. They won 1-0 against Arsenal um, and they drew one all against West Ham when he came on as a sub for about 20 minutes. Um, but last season, I think it's a bit more notable that they the three games where he didn't come on at all, he just he just didn't play, they won 2-1 at Bournemouth, uh, and then they lost 2-0 to Man United and 2-0 to Wolves. And then the three other games that he didn't start, they lost 1-0 to Southampton, they beat Burnley 5-0, which, you know, that's that sort of feels fair enough. And then they lost 3-2 to Norwich. And so it basically look it, it, on the surface of it, statistically, it looks like they are much worse without De Bruyne. And in terms of win percentages, like Pep's overall win percentage at City since he's arrived in all competitions is 74% or so, just, to, just below 74%. And their win percentage when he doesn't start is 37.5%. And fifty percent when he doesn't play at all. So see, see that is crazy. But then, if you take in last season's data, is that City's defense was nowhere near what it looks like this year. Like that's no Diaz at all. John Stones isn't in the side who's playing in an amazing form. Laporte injured. Often Fernandinho starting at centre back. So a lot of those goals that you're talking about, them going in, um, probably don't go in in the current form. So I think maybe my my thought process at the moment is it may be the case that we just see some nil-nils, some one-nils. Um, maybe they surprise us, right? Maybe maybe Maris steps up, plays more games, finally gets a start and uh, and and they score. But, I mean, I'm guessing that it's going to be some relatively low-scoring games now if he remains out of that team. Yeah, and I think that's the thing when you when you look at it. He, he's... De Bruyne is obviously a huge influence and the you know, it was hard to sort of take the data from the previous season because he missed a lot of games. He was injured for a lot of the the, the pre like the eighteen uh, nineteen season, but um, the, off off the back of last season in particular and a little bit this season, the one player who seems to benefit when he's not in the side is Phil Foden, because he's he plays more centrally for a start, and in the games where he's in his games where De Bruyne is not playing, Foden is City's top scorer with three with three goals, so. It's it's quite it's quite interesting looking at that and saying is he being used as the De Bruyne of that side? Um, alternatively, if you're looking at maybe a, a quick move from De Bruyne to Sterling because the price points are pretty similar, Sterling seems to sort of be finding a little bit of form again. Um, but obviously, apart from his penalty miss last week, which is terrible, but. Um, he Sterling has only got one goal and no assists in all those games, and that kind of maybe says that he is the person who struggles the most without De Bruyne in that team and the way that he stretches, op- yeah. stretches opponents. So it's something to think about, especially if you're thinking yeah. about putting in Sterling. The other, the other, the other final one before we probably need to move on from uh, City is um, is Jao Cancelo, isn't it? Really, I mean, he drifts into the middle of that park 
so consistently when he plays that he's just playing in a, in a midfield role. And with no De Bruyne, it may be the case that we just see him there as a, as a, as a creative option. And he does. It is staggering how he hasn't got any assists or goals yet. Um, but um, but look, if De Bruyne is not playing, he can. It maybe shores up his uh, likelihood to start. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree on Cancelo. He's he's sort of incredible that he he's his returns have not been what they are yet. And if you're an owner, I'd be excited about him because I think he's due at some point to get a haul that is going to be huge, and it'll be like a clean sheet and two assists or two goals or something along those lines because he's in the right position. So it's just a matter of time for me until he does something spectacular. And now that he's been rested for one game as well, I expect that he'll start the next few. And those fixtures that they've got coming up are pretty good. City have probably the best set of fixtures of any team at the moment um, going into the next three games. They've got uh, West Brom away, Sheffield United at home and Burnley away. So good fixtures. But we say Burnley, they just beat Liverpool. So you don't know. <laughs> we do, you don't know, do you? Um, what, are the, what are the scores so far? So we've, um, we've had some really interesting games this week. I mean... Any, anyone watching that Man United game, it was a bit crazy. I think there's some Luckman owners out there that I think, you know, great shout. Uh, oh, of course you want to bring up teams. Luckman, don't you? Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, he was a... He, he probably did it in the game I wasn't expecting, right? But he was a 5.0 midfielder and a guy had a double game week playing in the front three. And ever since he missed that penalty after that, he's looked like a pretty handy handy player, really hungry for some goals. And he took it well, but I think anyone that had him in, um, I think did did quite well on, on, on eight points there. Um, this is a nice little differential, really, more than anything else. It was, uh, it was just, it was, uh, it was lovely. Um, well, you could just have it in Giza for, um, you know, half a million less who also did quite well yes he he did um but the yeah i mean i probably wasn't expecting Ngisa to do what he did and he also plays in a slightly different position on the pitch um <laughs> but again yeah fair, fair play you look you're looking for some budget options on your on your bench or whatever to, to for guaranteeing someone's going to start to use the points elsewhere in your team I can see him, uh, see him appearing, and again, like, look, you've got to have these players. And if I'm picking between someone like that, I'd probably rather Engis than, than than maybe someone like Romeu, who's maybe a bit more likely to get booked. Um, but yeah, I mean, you are right. I probably could have gone with Engis. So, um, <laughs> yeah. In fairness, though, look, look, when's um, been quiet for a few weeks, and it's sort of a reward for you off the back of that. Um, going into that double game week, I, I had looked at him when I was thinking about taking a few hits for bench boosters, and obviously, I, I, if you've been listening to the podcast so far, you'll know that I've got Martinelli sat as my third sub at the moment, and that was going to be the the easy transfer um, for me for Martinelli to Luckman. So that could have been something, but I'm kind of glad I didn't play my bench boost. I had um, McCarthy for one and two Leeds players who had scored two points as they got beaten by Brighton in the second game of the weekend. Um, big mm-hmm. result for um, for Brighton there as well. Yes, and, uh, a bit of uh, a bit of rooms opened up between the bottom three and the rest of the Premier League table, especially with that Burnley result as well. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it is, there has been some there has been some sort of big big scores this weekend, but at the same time, it's not been the most exciting set of games. If we're being totally honest, has it? Like, no, we, probably you know, not. We've seen we've seen obviously uh, 
like Newcastle Arsenal three 0 which was a pretty drab game. The first half was awful. Man City beat Palace four 0 Again, it might have flattered them a little bit, but they were they were pretty good with City. Um, uh, th- come on, we've got to, you've got to get a shout out here. The best game of the, the the game week for me is definitely West Brom Wolves. I mean. It it was so swingy, and, and and granted the goals weren't particularly attractive goals, but they were just. It's great to see West Brom get a result, and you know, like what a swingy game! One nil up, two one down, three two finish. It's just that was class. And a big shout out to any Mateus Pereira owners out there who had him in. Absolutely, this week because that is some good stuff right there. Three goals across across the uh, the two games for him. Um, other notable mentions, I guess, are like Leicester keeping two clean sheets, which is especially against Chelsea and Southampton, two really good sides. Um, James Justin continues to play despite Mateus Pereira, not Mateus Pereira, sorry, Ricardo Pereira, <laughs> wrong Pereira. Uh, so many this, Pereiras. Uh, despite Ricardo Pereira finally making his return from injury in this game, uh, who came on at right midfield, um, which was interesting to see. Um, with Justin playing left back and Castani playing right back, so it's um, yeah, it's good news by the looks of it for Justin longer term. And we've been debating how long he, he always felt like he had a shelf life, and it seems like he's uh, he continues to defy that shelf life um, into the season. And actually, he's one of their best players at the moment, so I, I can't see Rogers dropping him, even if Pereira comes back fighting fit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and. You know, Pereira might just be in the side. That was a really bad attempt to try to use Justin as a pun. Uh, I, I went for it, <laughs> but uh, um, I've got a great I'm one in... for you later. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's strong. So just to give you a little Fine. tease for later on, I need to like put a sting in or something here to be like the the, 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 the pun tease for later on. Anyway, carry the... on. This probably doesn't have the same sort of level of anticipation as um, about a week or two ago um, while we were just watching the double game week collapse around us um, and wondering <laughs> what games are going to go ahead. But you know what, Steve? It's it's nice. Like I, I look forward to hearing it. Good. I'm glad you're on board. Um, should we... I mean, we've, we both have had okay game weeks. You have had a particularly good game week. Um, but I think maybe we should uh, we should talk a little bit about transfers going forward for yeah absolutely because um this is the first time we've really had any sort of break really <laughs> since we started to to talk just a little bit about um about generic fantasy football stuff and part of that is that we want to pick out a few um differentials uh, in each position that we have kind of got our eye on to give people an idea that the parameters for us here are anybody with less than five percent ownership, and basically we're gonna we're gonna pick one player from each position uh, to talk about as somebody who we think might be decent point scorers in the next few weeks. Um, we should probably caveat the fact that we you know this this is about putting in players that might be able to help your team if you're potentially needing a bit more money or you uh, from other places or you're just trying to chase down people in your league they're not maybe people who we would necessarily say are must-haves right no absolutely and i think what they are is is options that you will guarantee that in any league that you're in based on percentages that 
you're unlikely to find someone else who has the same points, right? So if they do nick, nick a clean sheet, if it's a defender or managing to get a goal somewhere, it's it's it's, it's extra points in your team. So I think this is like maybe a situation I'm slightly in with, with, with Steve, you know, nipping at his heels a bit, but maybe looking at players sometimes that I do think have got the potential to get some good hauls that I know he won't have, um, you know. So hence, you know, my gloating around Stones and Luckman. But, um, but you know, they're, they're <laughs> run quite widely. So this is maybe just out there just to sort of give people an opportunity to hear about some players that we think nobody really has who potentially could look like getting some points. Exactly. And um, we're going to do a quick one with the keepers because I, 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 the idea, for I think both of us agreed that um, having a differential goalkeeper is not a good idea. <laughs> like This is not something you should be aiming for. Um, yeah, do you want to pick? Do you want to tell us who yours is, Johnny? Yeah, I've um, probably the least rogue shout of mine across the differentials pick, and that's kind of intentional because, like Steve says, you don't want to go too rogue with your keeper because it is um, it is a position you kind of want to get in and, and lock it down. Um, so I'm going to go with someone I, I put in for this double game with, but plan to keep in my team um, in Fabianski. Um, who is owned by 4.1% of managers and costs 5.1 to get in. And I think um, I was probably looking at a few keepers that I was considering um, and I had 5.9 to do it in. I might have gone with Edison if I could if I could just afford him, but actually don't regret my Fabianski decision because he was really unlucky not to get two clean sheets and they're looking pretty solid at the back, um, actually. So um, I, I'm going to go with Fabianski because... Um, he he done quite well for me quite quickly, and he's um, he's five point one right. So it's there's not many people that um, who you need to replace him with that you won't be able to afford to get him in. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, my Who's mine's is a, is a little bit more rogue. Um, I think it's, Fabianski is is a relatively good shout, but I feel like maybe if I was picking somebody at that price point, I'd be looking at Martinez. Um, but for me. It's, uh, He's not I'm a differential, gonna... Steve. This is not well, the point exactly. of this segment. <laughs> Come on, well, I'm get gonna a pick grip. At a lower price point, just to you know, make it a little bit more, um, you know, an, an affordable option. And mine is is Sanchez from Brighton. Um, I think a lot of people have got him on their radar, but he's currently only got one percent ownership within the game. He's four point four. And he's uh, he kept an, an, another clean sheet this week against Leeds. They've got Fulham next, and um, he kept a clean sheet against Fulham with scoring nine points in his uh, his first appearance of the season. It seems like he's he's got that place pretty much um, nailed on now, away from uh, Matt Ryan. So yeah, yeah, it, it's it, I think he's just for me probably somebody I'd be looking at as a second option uh, at the moment to my, Makes sense. my main keeper. But that's. Uh, it, that that it, like I say, you shouldn't be looking to get these in at any any uh, any opportunity. This is purely if you're looking for, you know, a new keeper who might be able to score you a few points. So, yeah, Sanchez for me and Fabianski for Johnny. Should we move on to um, our defensive picks? Yeah. Um, so go on, I'm go going ahead. to um, given that Burnley have just uh, won a good game. I'm going to slip in my, my next football pun and say my next uh, Steve or Stephen uh, Deforential um, is... Um, <laughs> well delivered, thank you. <laughs> thanks. Um, <laughs> I've been practising in the mirror. Um, uh, it, it, was a, it was a nice change from from uh, from the other things I practised in the mirror. Basically just, uh, 
you know, singing. Um, but anyway, um, probably. I thought you were going to say something else, then, and I was quite worried because I know your I know your ten year old nephew listens to this, so you know it's uh, we've got to be <laughs> got to be quite he does, careful. He does, he does, and and yes, we do have to be careful. But Steve, I know what line you're going. That's disgusting. No, I don't. I was <laughs> I, I sing in, I sing in the mirror. You're a filthy beast. Um, Harry, don't listen to him. Um, right. Okay, my uh, Steve on deferential is I'm going to go for a guy from a team you're probably not expecting, um, but they did pick up a win. So I'm, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Jaden Bogle. So Jaden Bogle is uh, owned by 0.1 percent of of managers, and um, he's actually only 4.3 um, to, to to own. So. That is that is really really cheap uh, for for a defender, uh, really, really cheap genuinely for a player, and and it's just got such a such a low ownership that I just think it's just um, if you if he does well, then you get something from him. Plus, if you're watching any Sheffield United games at the moment, they do play quite uh, quite good football. Strangely, even though they've been losing games at times, and he's a guy who's finding himself quite often in quite attacking positions for them. He has actually scored already. Um, he's often in the box shooting, trying to trying to play there. So I think even if he doesn't get clean sheets, he's a guy, he's a defender that could pick up assists and goals. Um, where where in a in a team right that that isn't doing quite well, but so they do concede, but. You know, he is owned by so few people that if he does do well, you're like you're genuinely the only person taking those points. It's fair enough. I think like, I think Sheffield United are going to improve in the um, in the second half of this season, and they're they're showing signs of that already. So um, away into that defence that was so strong last season at such a price, and a guy who's got attacking abilities at the same time is a good shout. So it's. Um, it, it, it's one of those where I think it's either with Sheffield United, like if you want to take a punt on them, it's um it's it's an option, isn't it, to to score points that nobody else is going to have because I don't think anybody else Absolutely. is really in that defence at the moment. Absolutely, and I think you know because Sheffield United had such a good season last year, the other defenders that you maybe would have looked at um are a bit priced out of of, of what their returns are. Um, so um, he is the cheap option in a in a backline that. You know, could be steadying out a bit, right? You know, we know we all know how well Sheffield played last year. Um, there's a, there's a chance that they turn the corner, and we are seeing some of those um, lower ranked sides in the league to turn some results. Burnley, West Brom, Sheffield, uh, and, and uh, who else? Am I missing Brighton of all, or, or, or Brighton and Fulham have all notched up some some decent results recently. So, uh, other than Fulham, did have lost two, last two, but against two. Top six teams, so you can forgive them for that. But look, I think there's, a, I think it's, a, I think it's a really, really good option. Um, how, about, how about you, Steve? Who, who are you going for in defence? Well, it's a nice link as, as talking about Fulham because um, I have gone for somebody who is. This is a, this is a proper differential. My other two, I think, are quite um, sort of maybe more standard ones. But I, I I've liked Fulham defensively the last two games, um, despite the fact they've lost both of them marginally. You know, ten men against Chelsea, one nil. 2-1 against a good United side who generally score goals against um, sides outside of the top six. I'm going to go for Tete, who has been sort of uh, uh, he's been out of the side for most of the season. He started the season in the side when he when he was transferred in, got a, got an assist against Leeds, um, but he's 4.3, and and actually Fulham's defence has improved massively, like over the course of 
the last several game weeks. And I think that now, coming into a, a better set of fixtures, um, they've got Brighton and West Brom next, who, you know, on an attacking side, probably aren't the strongest two teams, especially in terms of like their ability, their abilities in front of goal. So I would say this is a good time if you're looking for a cheap defender to put in somebody like Tete. And he's the cheapest way into that um, Fulham defence in terms of going forward he's very heavily involved like you look at his stats he's like he's he's often involved at the top end of the pitch so I think he's a, a, an, an option for a, a nice 4.3 defender that people should be looking at yeah absolutely I, I, think, I think fair and you're right I, I look at Fulham at the moment and they're playing better football now um we ha- you have to look a little bit closer at them. I, th- I think it's completely fair. Sh- shall I dive in and, and tell you uh, about my, my midfielder? Yeah, go for it. So um, I've gone with another team who uh, who won in, in, in that sort of um, relegation fighting teams at the moment. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, with Robert Snodgrass, right? Um, so he didn't play West Ham, uh, but that was obviously to do with the fact that they basically had a, a gentleman's agreement not to play him, which is uh, going to get looked into. But uh, but look, he did the the, the, the Big game, again. <laughs> he is he is. Uh, he didn't even have to get caught on camera this time. Uh, he was actually just said it voluntarily. Um, so, but anyway, look, he's um his first game in that side, he looked really really handy, and he was slotting in that sort of number ten style role for them. Um, but you know he's. He's 33 years old, so he's he's going to manage to play most of their games. He's playing a really important role for them. He's clearly been brought into play. Uh, and uh, in previous years, Snodgrass has taken a lot of free kicks and, and things like that for the teams that he's played for. So there's a chance that he, he starts taking a lot of those. But I think he's owned by 0.1 players in the game, not too unexpected given he hasn't been playing for West Ham. Uh, and he's 5.7. So he's a bit punchier in the price point um, than, than you might want to be spending on a differential. But given his, his, his drastically low ownership, he, he definitely falls into the category of someone that could score you points that no one else will have. Yeah, I think um, he's traditionally obviously been on set piece where he's been at, been pretty good at them. Um, and it just I guess it's dependent on how potent West Brom are going to be going forward in the next few game weeks for him, isn't it? Um, but they've got yeah. a, a better set of fixtures. They played some big sides the last few weeks, and it's Sam Allardyce. He knows how to get a side to be functional. Like <laughs> I've I've experienced it myself as a Rovers fan. It's <laughs> it's quite a spectacle because it looks like it shouldn't work, but it does. It's playing percentages and much like the Sean Dyche kind of side of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who's yours, Steve? Who, who are you going for? Um, I'm going to go for somebody a lot more obvious um, and somebody who's in quite a bit of form, but I was quite surprised to see that they were under 5% ownership and it's Ashley Barnes. Not Ashley Barnes. I, I've done I've done this twice tonight now. <laughs> oh, Steve. The, Harvey Barnes, the the, the other Barnes um, as, as a midfielder, uh, has obviously been in great form the last few uh, the last few weeks. He has got three goals and an assist in his last five games, which is obviously uh, good returns. Um, he's 4.8% ownership, so just sort of makes a cut. 6.8 million. Um, and he's, like, if you look at Leicester's fixtures in the coming weeks, it's sort of crazy how their schedule has, has, has like played out. That They've got a relatively easy set of fixtures now, um, kind of running all the way into the like, the end of the season. Like They, they play Liverpool... Um, in game week 24 they play Man City in game week 30 apart from that 
there's no really big sides in there. And then he finished the season by going to Man United away, Chelsea away, Tottenham at home. <laughs> so the last three fixtures for Leicester, when they're on the title charge, are going to be crazy. But you know, for the for the um, for the time being, they've, they've got Everton away, Leeds home, Fulham away, Wolves away, um, and I think I, I, I flip flop between um, Barnes and Madison, and obviously Madison's done. Um, done well the last few weeks, scored three games in a row now, but actually um, the underlying stats on uh, Madison are not as good as Harvey Barnes. I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of this shout, Steve. It's like, I, get, I, just, I love the way he plays. It's just so like direct. And, and when you play as direct as he does, you're going to find yourself more often than not taking shots on um, that are going to find the back of the net, and he just gets hold of it, runs, and smashes it. And and I'm, I'm a big advocate for that. I think. And, and the big and the big thing is with him actually. If you look at his numbers this season, his finishing has improved. He's getting less chances, and he's finishing more of them, which I think is um, credit to him because he used to be not very composed in front of goal. And it's worth noting that um, that seems to be an element of game of his game. He's really worked on. He sat himself down in front of the mirror, not doing the thing that you think people do, Steve, and uh, <laughs> just giving himself a good talking to. And uh, he's been watching said, Ashley Barnes. That's what's been happening. Uh, yeah, what would Ashley Barnes do? That's what he said there. He said there, just sat there, just saying, channeling in his inner Ashley Barnes, which isn't a bad person to emulate given his heroics from today. But but yeah, look, Harvey Barnes is a good shout. Um, I, I really like that, and surprised about how how low, low he's owned in a, in a team that's got a pretty good running actually. Um, should I tell you about my striker? Yeah, go ahead. Right. I've gone with a uh, Wolves striker. Um, it's not really... I don't know why I'm teasing you with it, really. There's only one playing at the moment. Uh, I'm going with um, Fab- Fabio Silva. <laughs> don't, don't be so silly, Steve. Come on. Ridiculous. Um, uh, but no, I've gone with uh, Fabio Silva. And um, he, he got off the mark against against Wolves, but... Um, they've clearly spent a lot of money on him for a reason, right? This guy has got talent, and he's um, he's one for the future. They probably wouldn't have played as much as he has, given that um, Jimenez is their, is their main man, but he's not playing at the moment for obvious reasons, and he's going to start games, right? And he got off the mark against West Brom with a really, really good goal. Um, doesn't look like he's built, uh, built that big, but he absolutely rolled that defender off that ball. Used his strength well. It was O'Shea, wasn't took, it? Yeah, absolutely. A guy who is getting a lot of accolades now for loving defending, but just just rinsed him off the ball and just calmly sort of slotted it across the floor into the back of the net. It was a really composed finish. And and actually, when you look at his numbers in terms of how much he costs and how much he's owned, he is cheap, right? So he's a 5.2 striker and he's owned by 1.6% of people, so uh, of managers. And that is, again, just... Just so good. So anyone that had him in this week for the West Brom game, I think, you know what, like really, really good shout there um, for a guy who's not been expensive to get in and uh, and it's got you some some really, really valuable points. Well, I think especially if you've got someone like Brewster who's been sat there and he's now not starting and like you need a quick upgrade to somebody who looks like they're going to, um, that's probably where you'd be looking at. Like A lot of people have Brewster in because they thought that he would be a regular starter in that Sheffield United team and it's turned out not to be the case. Um, one slight caveat, and it's actually sort of breaking news today, is it looks like they're going to sign Willian Jose from um, Real Sociedad. Uh, they have, I think they had a bid accepted today on him. So um, they've got a new, potentially a new striker coming into the club. 
uh, have Wolves. So just keep an eye on that if you're thinking about him. You could have told me that before I told him what my differential was, Steve. You kept that little <laughs> nugget to yourself, didn't you? Well, we did talk about this beforehand and uh, and, and who was actually going to be my pick. So I had to have some sort of like, snide little comment just to ruin it. <laughs> just so yeah. that I could make mine the more interesting one. Which brings it on to this. I, I've gone for somebody probably, again, sort of fairly obvious. Um, because, quite frankly, the strikers below 5% ownership generally aren't worth having. I looked at, uh, like, the other person I was looking at was Callum Robinson. Not worth it. His underlying numbers are tragic. Um, so the person that I've gone for is actually Richarlison. Um, yeah. And, like, again, it's, it's a situation. He's 4.1% ownership. Like, I think DCL might not be playing the next couple of games, potentially, so he might be playing a bit more central. But even then, if you look at his underlying statistics when he's played this season, like his ex- expected goals per 90 minutes is 0.31. His expected assists per 90 minutes is 0.21. That's sort of like stats just below Son. And like, if you're looking for somebody... I, I get Son's a midfielder in the game, but if you're looking for somebody who is maybe n- not on the radar of a lot of people, like... Everton are coming back to full strength and at 7.8 million he's more expensive than DCL but I think he might start to outscore him in the next few weeks they've got Leicester, Newcastle and Leeds up next especially when you look at like Newcastle and Leeds' defensive record this season like that's a good shout and he's and he scored 13 goals in both of the last two seasons so he's I'm a he's, massive he, fan of this guy Steve he's, he's got a record he is so good as a footballer. Like he can do it all. He's 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 tall. He's strong. He scores headers. He scores left foot, right foot. Takes on players. Draws fouls. He is top quality. There's a reason Barcelona tried to sign him uh, last January, uh, and there's a reason Everton said no. Um, he is he is a quality footballer who will be a great shout for anyone who can afford to get him in. He's um he's a really really good option. Yeah, and the thing is with him, it's like it's just about him getting consistency now. Like he's been, he's had games where he looks like he's at the top level, and it's just about making sure that he now does that week in week out for me. And yeah, absolutely. he's had a stop start season, red card, injuries. That's all not helped, but it's part of the battle, isn't it? So, um, sh- since we've kind of like covered that, let's have a very very quick chat about the transfer market because okay. it's um. It's been the quietest I can ever remember. Yeah. Um, what? How are you feeling about it? Because I don't have the same excitement that I usually do. Well, I think it's... I'm not that excited about it, I must admit. And it, uh, it doesn't just doesn't seem like there's enough uh, uh, value in the value of players at the moment. And, and I think clubs are reacting to having less money to spend based on current market conditions and the current global problems. So I think, you know, we're not going to see sort of big prices being thrown around for players. And a lot of the people that were probably were on the market or willing to move, just, just just quite expensive. So I quite like a couple of things. Like I, I, I quite hopeful this, uh, this Odegaard thing goes through for Arsenal. Like he was really tipped to be something quite special at 16 years old and had a really, really good season on loan, I think, at Real Sociedad last yeah, year. Yeah, it was Sociedad, yeah. And, um, and I think that I'd, I'd love to see how he gets on in the, in the, in the Premier League. 
Um, obviously, William Jose, you, you've told me about now, which is interesting. Um, but I'm still not over that, so you know we're not talking about him. Um, so um, <laughs> look, but it's just quiet, isn't it? And and actually, clubs are kind of going right. Well, you know, if I'm not, I'm just not going to spend this money now. You know what I mean? There's no value in it. And yeah, it's about loans and looking is. ahead to the summer. Like obviously, we we there's a lot of. Um, players who are out of contract in the summer when we look at it like Ramos, Messi, um, Aguero, Alaba, there's like, there's, I think that's going to be interesting this summer looking at that because there's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of those kind of players who are probably going to move to different clubs and some of the big boys, you know, I think Ramos yeah. is going to move on. I, I, I actually sort of think Messi might move on, um, but I'm not going to, totally stick my head in the sand about that because I think that it depends on the new president and all that sort of stuff um, yeah and I Wigan just, always do have a good cup run don't they Steve I know I, just, I, I really shouldn't make predictions it's a terrible idea like, it just always comes back to bite me <laughs> <laughs> um, there's obviously the, the one sort of major signing this week which could be a fantasy football uh, option is um, Mateta uh, who signed for Crystal Palace who has had a pretty good um, record at Mainz uh, in the Bundesliga the last couple, the last few years, and and it's massively improved, especially this season when you look at his like underlying numbers. Uh, he scored seven goals, one assist. Um, his X, xG um, is sort of just over like just under eight point five, which is like so he's just underperforming that. But it's more to the fact that he's like doubled his expected goals per 90 minutes um, compared to other seasons. So he looks like he's sort of becoming a good player, like young guy. Um, I'd be interested to see kind of what price he comes in at and whether he's going to be a regular starter for Palace because I, I imagine they bought him in as, a, as somebody to score goals, which they need. So I think that he, for me, looks like somebody who's going to be um, yeah. a, a, an actual option in fantasy football, whereas yeah. a lot of the transfers so far have not been. And, and 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 also, I really want him to get on on the score sheet quite quickly, and because you know he's going to start writing headlines with definite Lion King inspired uh, headlines, right? So um, I can't wait for the the Akuna Mateta sort of style. Um, well, I'm glad that you stole the 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 one pun that I had lined up for the whole show. It literally, you know, wangled him into the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just about to deliver it, and now you've ruined it. So thanks for that, mate. Uh, I'm happy actually. It's um, it's a sweet, sweet revenge for your know, withholding of William Jose transfer information, <laughs> leading me down a Fabio Silva rabbit hole. You're a, you're a terrible human being. Um, I promise you, uh, we are actually friends, um, but it's helpful that we're in a lockdown scenario where we're recording this in separate rooms, actually. But, uh, yeah, no, we'll we'll, uh, we'll probably get to, just about get over it to record another show for you. You, you can't see us right now, but I, I'm literally strangling the microphone in front of me, just, just going absolutely nuts on it, just, um, just pretending it's Johnny. Uh, but never mind, Hakuna Mateta. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, that's a good I, one. That where do you hear that? I know, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, it just came to me. Good. <laughs> oh. um, we had, we had, we had grand. You're plans. a sim bad man. <laughs> good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, if um, if that's the pride rock you want to die on, then you know. 
Oh yeah, this is this is this is turning off, isn't it? It's really um, yeah. okay. Sorry for everybody who stuck it out this far. Um, we've like, we were going to talk a little bit about previous fantasy football scenes, but we've kind of run out of time. It's like, um, so I think we should maybe save a few of them for later. But I promise you, at some point, you will hear Johnny's Simon Davis story, which is very exciting. Oh, it's a doozy! It's a doozy. Um, and also, it's probably a worth a shout because we've gone for an entire episode without mentioning Kevin Davis. So, Kev, call us, mate. Come on. We haven't heard you from really you want to chat? Come on, just give us, give us, a, give us, a, give us a tinkle. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and in, we want we, we just want to hear what you do in front of the mirror, Kev. That's what we want to know. <laughs> That's the big question of the week. How does Kevin Davis spend his time in front of a mirror? Yeah, um, that is what we want to know. If you'd like to try and answer that question yourself, you can contact us uh, by tweeting us at. 115 fouls FPL. You can Instagram us at 115 fouls FPL podcast. Sounds good. And anyone that sends me direct messages with football puns, I'll give you his address for free. Thank you, everybody, for once again tuning in to the 115 fouls FPL podcast. The um, the the podcast that is so good that I stumble over the outro. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right uh, maybe we'll just say look uh thanks for listening everybody um we'll see you soon with another episode um i've been johnny i've been steve have a good night bye